Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. I believe there's some great things coming that that God is is doing and, and will do that will clearly make us see God and who he is. I'm excited for that. Um, the power of God. We need God's power to show up. We, 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 need, we need God to continue to show up, but to show up in a way where we say, oh, there's no way that could be any, any, anybody else but God. Amen? But God. But I love Joshua 1, 2, 3, because it's great to know it only took Joshua and over one million people three chapters to get to the edge of incredible. In other words, it doesn't take God long to bless you to rescue you, to restore you. It just takes his spirit with your simple step, your simple start, and the willingness to press through and see it for yourself. I think one of the greatest, if not the greatest attribute of a human being is simply pressing through, being persistent. Amen? There's always a blessing on the other side. You'd be surprised at the simple yet powerful steps, actions that can change a situation or circumstance quickly, even immediately. Let's just talk about marriage just for a moment. Because I believe marriage, your marriage doesn't have to suffer for umpteen years. A simple holding of the hands. So if you're married here, you got, you got your, your spouse here, just grab a hand. Come on, try it. Try it. I'm not... See how it works? Simple holding of the hands. And sometimes we don't realize that, man, I haven't held hands in so long, right? Simple holding of, of the hand. Uh, th- how about this one? I'm sorry. Man, this can change things so fast. Say, I'm sorry. See, it's not, is this gonna be that kind of crowd today? Okay, say, I'm, I'm, say, I'm sorry. See, it's not difficult. It's not difficult to say that, but yet it was hard for me when we first got married. I, I had a hard time saying I'm sorry. I'll be honest with you, but I've learned a lot. Um, how about this one? Will you forgive me? That simple phrase can literally transform your marriage or relationship. Will you forgive me? Or how about this one? I love you. Say, I love you. See, it wasn't hard. Thank you, but I love you too. Um, I love you can fix things suddenly. An investment in a marriage conference, marriage counseling, everyone needs marriage counseling, amen, hallelujah, at some point in time in their lives, right? That should not be, we should all go find someone where we can kind of get, and they can do a little maintenance on our, on our marriage, right, our relationships. That, that, that should just be a, a no-brainer for us. A marriage book will go a long way, just simple steps. And God's calling Joshua and over a million people just to start taking some simple steps towards their promised land. And Joshua figured that out. He wasn't gonna wait another 40 years. He was not, he was gonna get to the place God promised him. Do you, do you ever like get a promise from God and you get to the point where you're like, man, oh man, I am, I am so frustrated that that frustration makes you do something you didn't do before and it was good. It was like, I'm, doggone, I'm gonna get this thing. And sometimes when, when, you're, when, when you're going through, like, like Joshua, 
had literally been living 40 years of frustration wandering in the wilderness because of the, because of the decision of 10 other spies that didn't want to go in, right? So he wasn't going to do that again. So here we go, chapter 3, as we finish this series to get us to the edge of incredible, to get you seeing the promise that God has for your life. Joshua 3, 1 through 17. Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions, say instructions, to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you've never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Now stay about a half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. The ark represents the presence of God, by the way. Make sure you don't come any closer. Verse 5, then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. In the morning, Joshua said to the priests, lift up the ark of the covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and went ahead of the people. Verse 7, the Lord told Joshua, today, Joshua, I'll begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the ark of the covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So Joshua told the Israelites, come, listen to what the Lord God says. Today, you will know that the living God is among you. He'll surely drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites ahead of you. They had a bad case of the ites. I, I, I think that's slang for something. I, all right. Um, Look it, look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Look at that. It's the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord, the presence of God of the whole earth will lead you across the Jordan River. Now, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priests will carry the Ark of the Lord and the Lord of all the earth. As soon as they're feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. So Joshua hears this from God. He goes and talks to the people and he's making this outlandish statement. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, this is what we're gonna do. You're gonna stay a half mile away. The the, the Ark of the Covenant will begin to move ahead of you. Just keep your distance. And when your feet, the priest's feet touch the water, the water's gonna split in two. Have you ever like heard from God something that seems so impossible and outlandish and you really didn't want to tell anybody? I'm sure we all have, right? I'm going to say when God gives you a promise, he speaks to your heart. Be okay with talking about it to the right people, right? But be okay with being bold with what God has told you. I've, I've, I've had people get a promise for whatever, and they're like, you know what? I don't care what they say. They're, trying, they're rejecting me. I, I, I believe in Jesus' name that I am. God spoke to my heart, and I believe it's going to come to pass. That's where Joshua was. He was like, see, for me, I'd be like, okay, the, the river's going to split in two. I'd be like, 
Oh, God, please let this happen. Oh, Lord, I hope this happens. No, Joshua's like, this is going to happen. Verse 14, so the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of him. It was the harvest season. The Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at the town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Verse 17, meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. I love how it ends there, too. Let me just encourage leaders today. Have you ever, like, had a promise for you, and all of a sudden, you're just trying to help people, and those people are getting their promised land before you because you're standing in a dry riverbed, right? And you're watching people pass by. And it can get discouraging, right? It can be discouraging, but, but, but it's also a joyful time, by the way. It is like, man, those people you love, hey, they're getting their promised land. But listen, don't be discouraged. Don't get weary. God's called you to stand sometimes in dry ground to watch people get theirs before you get yours. It's a high calling of a leader to say, I'm going to fight for you so that you get yours before I get mine. Amen? So just to, for, for you leaders, stay here. That Don't get discouraged. You're right where God wants you. Just you feel like, man, I, I feel like the weight of the ark, the presence of God. But people are getting free, my friend. Look at all the people that you've touched, all the people that you've led, helped lead into their promise land already. So don't get discouraged and give up because in time you will reap a harvest of blessing. Promise. There are a few important aspects of this chapter I want you to see. I want to show you something. Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. First, I noticed these guys weren't messing around. There was no procrastination happening here. In other words, the early bird does get the worm. Right? It's true. Procrastination, I just noticed in my own life, um, indecision means no decision. And the enemy always wants to paralyze us with some procrastination, right? So I'm going to encourage you today, just don't give into it. There's times when we get stuck, but just keep moving, my friends. But there's something else significant about this verse. There's something significant about the place they were waiting in. Say waiting. Now, how, how many, when, they hear, when you hear waiting, how do you feel? It's like, no, oh my goodness, yeah, I had that season, waited, waited and waited, and uh, hopefully you saw something on the back end. But waiting is a lost art in Christianity. It, it, it is a lost art in Christianity. Matter of fact, um, it, it's something God wants to teach us. But, but they waited in a place. It was a God-ordained place. It seems like, it seems that there was, there, 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 there was a time in our lives after we receive a promise that we begin the waiting process. Right? Isn't that true? Like, you receive a promise. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, 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 God. I thought you were going to part the Red Sea right now. I, I thought you were going to wave the proverbial magic wand and everything's going to be perfect, right? No, no, no. That's not how God works. 
So why is this place so important? Well, let me just give you the, the, the name of the place in the King James. It's Shittim. Shittim. The newer translations call it Acacia Grove because it was filled with acacia trees. Now, this is very important when you find yourself in that season of waiting to know what's going on. The trees in that place provided much needed shelter and shade. That's good when you're in a place where you have to wait. We need to hide ourselves under the shelter of God's wings. Amen? I want you to lock on to this for a moment. Uh, to try, to, try to stay focused on, on what, what God wants to say here. Because, because if, you're, if, if you don't understand what's happening in your waiting, you can get very discouraged and just kind of move away from the very promise that God has put in your heart. So the place was actually very familiar to, to, to the, God's people. Uh, it's that place where the story of Balaam and the donkey occurred. If you've never read it, read it for yourself. It's a great story. God speaks through a donkey. It was there that a blessing was declared, but not without a fight. Did you hear that? A blessing was declared, but not without a fight. But not without a fight. Isn't that true? Every time God gives you a promise, it's like, okay, here we go. Battle number one, right? So that comes the territory. It was in that place where God defeated mighty foes, great armies. It was also in that place where Moses gave his farewell speech. It was also in that place where God's people made many mistakes. It was a place of great rebellion against God. A lot happened in Shittim. The meaning of that name is important. Translated piercing and scourging. Now, we have to go here because I want you to understand something. Sometimes there's a God-ordained moment where, where we find ourselves in the acacia grove. Now, I'm not going to keep repeating that, that, that name, Shatim, but you know what I'm saying. Those seasons when you feel scourged and pierced and poked. All of us have those days and seasons, but let's focus, let's focus on the acacia grove. Fill the acacia trees, which was called the crooked tree. This is the place that they lodged for a moment. The crooked tree. Acacia tree, wood is shaped crooked. And we see that God commanded his people to build the tabernacle or his temple with this crooked wood. In other words, I thought it, might, it was probably a, quite a process to straighten crooked wood. Anybody ever straighten crooked wood here? I would imagine, okay, you, I, would, I would imagine it takes some sort of heat and pressure. And when the wood was finally made straight for the temple, they had to then cover it with gold. It sounds like what God does with his church. Little heat, little pressure, takes a crooked man, a marred vessel, a broken and mistake-prone person, and makes them straight again through Christ, and then covers them with fine gold found in Jesus. That's the place that they were lodged for a moment. Why is that important? Because sometimes when God gives us a promise, we just want it now. And God says, ah, if I give it to you now, 
you may not understand the cost of it, right? So it's okay to, it's okay to lodge in the acacia grove for a time. Even though it symbolized straightening and purifying, piercing and scourging, it also symbolized salvation and promise. So chapter 3 starts that way. This is important to understand as you head towards your promise. Because we've all experienced and have examples of people changed by the power of God from that place. I'm a person, my brother, my mom, friends. It's a place of great brokenness but incredible blessing. But here's, my, here's all I want to say. Don't camp there. Don't camp in the Acacia Grove. Even though it is ordained by God, a season that didn't make a lot of sense, that temporary moment of pain and piercing, that time when not much of anything worked out the way you thought it would, that where is God season? We've, we've all been there, right? Just don't lodge there. Don't lodge there. Don't settle there. You guys hear what I'm saying? Even though God leads you there, God leads you through that place because he wants to get you to the blessing. But sometimes we can get comfortable, even settle in the place of pain. I hope this isn't too hard to bear for a moment. You know, human beings can actually find themselves in pain and stay in pain. And their whole life is actually identified by the pain. Right? God doesn't want you to lodge in the acacia grove. So what he'll do is he'll, he'll poke. Matter of fact, you know you're in God's will, come on, when you're being poked. And the reason why you're being poked is because God wants you to move and grow and go to where God wants you to go. Come on. So just the other day, uh, other day, a, few, a couple Weeks ago, I was out just kind of um, cleaning the rocks out there. It's a dirty job. You get the power washer out and clean those rocks. They look nice and white now, but they were dirty, dark. And so I'm cleaning them off. And um, as I'm moving along, I get under a tree. That tree out there looks like an acacia tree. Um, the reason why the acacia tree was a crooked tree is a pokey tree. And that tree, when you get underneath it, and, I'm, I, and when I'm washing the, washing the rocks, I'm spraying them down. I kept going like this and poke, 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 poke. I'm like, I can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait to move on to the next rock where I can get in the open. You ever feel like that? Well, the poking is so that you won't get comfortable. Let me just say it this way. Your painful past, your mistake-ridden past, your rebellious past, leave it behind or get ready to leave it behind. Because your past does not have the power to stop your future. And if you look at their past and the mistakes they made and all the things they did against God, God says, that can't stop my future for you. Let me say it again. Your past does not have the power to stop your future. Unless you decide to camp out there and stay there. So Acacia Grove, although it was tough at times, it was uncomfortable at times, it, but it produced something beautiful and honoring to God. But it's not your final destination. Come on. It's not your final destination. So what is God producing? Let me tell you what it's producing. Faith and trust. Faith and trust in God. 
You know why? Because it will be needed in the promised land. You notice they had a bad case of ites in that land. Hivites, Jergergergavites, I mean, you name it, all these ites. In other words, I wish I could tell you that your promised land is just going to be milk, milk and honey alone. No, it's going to be, it's going to be, there's going to be some battles that, listen, God will handle, not you. Oh, that's so good to know. God's going to handle your battles, not you. But you need faith and trust to go there. Because I want you to experience what God has for you, his power his miracle-working power, like the waters of Jordan, coming to a halt so that everyone could see it and everyone could be blessed. Your situation, your tough season, ending with a literal miracle from God. Amen. God wants that for you. So here we go. A couple things before we leave today. If you want to see God's miraculous power, if you want to move into the promised land or get to the edge, number one is you got to simply follow the instructions. Say, follow the instructions. Let's get practical for a moment. It wasn't just, hey, let's storm the gates, every man for himself. Let's get to our promised land now. No, that's the mentality of the world we live in. I want it now. Give it to me now. Be careful because over the last years, we've actually been conditioned to want it now. I told you a few years ago when I, I ordered a double cheeseburger or quarter pound, whatever, quarter pound, quarter pound of cheese. I love that sandwich. Never not love, not love a quarter pound of cheese. But I remember going, I remember heading up to that drive-thru. And, uh, and they said, oh, you're going to have to pull ahead and wait two minutes. I said, two minutes? What's happening? <laughs> I thought to myself, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm like being trained to want it now. I love our country. The United States is a democracy. I love democracy. That's fantastic. But as Christians, we live under a theocracy. In other words, we live under the kingdom of God, and then God is the commander-in-chief of that kingdom, and he gives us instructions. It's extremely important to follow his instructions. So Joshua tells the people, Joshua 3, 2 through 3, three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people when you see the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from among your positions and follow them. And when we follow the instructions, then we will experience God's power. Well, I get it. We, we don't like to be told what to do. That's our humanity. But listen, those who have learned to love instruction, please hear this, will be blessed and joyful. Let me just give you a few scriptures really quick. Proverbs 16, 20. Those who listen to instruction will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. Say, follow the instructions. When I first got married, uh, our, our first brand new piece of furniture was an entertainment center, humongous entertainment center for our little tiny TV. But ordered it, and it came in boxes that had other boxes in it that had other boxes in those boxes. And so when I got it, I pulled out the instructions, and I just quick glanced at it. I said, ah, oh, no big deal. I'll do this thing. I'll put this thing together. And Emily says, do you need my help? And of course, want to be the big macho, you know, new husband. No, I got this thing. Just uh, let me do it. 
And uh, I remember she goes, so, I'm, so what happened was that I didn't read the instructions and I put something together and I go back to the instructions. Scott, you know this. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, I had to take the whole thing apart and then put the right piece in. And I did this. What should have taken two hours took me a day and a half. Ask Emily. And, and cute Emily would come out with a glass of lemonade. Are you thirsty? <laughs> As I'm sweating. <laughs> you know, she'll tell you this. Are you thirsty? I'm like, and I'm thinking, every time she said it, I'm like, oh, you were right. Should have followed the instructions. I literally wasted about 16 hours of my life. But she was a champ. The Bible gives us great wisdom regarding instructions. Job 22, 22, that's easy to remember. Listen to his instructions and store them in your heart. And Solomon, the wisest person to ever live, says this in Proverbs 23, 12. Commit yourself to instruction. Listen carefully to the words of knowledge. And by the way, this will be the result. Psalm 119.1. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. <clears throat> I wonder if there would be so much more joy in life if we just followed the instructions. I wonder if there would be less frustration in life if we just followed the instructions. The Bible is a book filled with valuable instructions. But unfortunately, there are too many people like me when I first got married who just didn't really want to look at them. <laughs> or try to find the pictures. There weren't any pictures in my Bible at that you know, time. So... Following instructions. It's really that simple. Look what David says about instructions. I love this. David knew how valuable it was. Psalm 119.72. These are powerful verses. Your instructions, God, are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. But we could get caught up in, well, how much money am I going to make? How much money will that get me? Don't fall for it. Follow the instructions. Follow the instructions. I believe when we follow the instructions, it proves intimate relationship because many times God whispers his instructions in a still small voice. He whispers direction in our ears. The Bible says he gives secrets to his friends. He just wants to come up to you and say, hey, I got something to tell you. He's not really loud about it. He's like, I got something cool to tell you, Dan. So just, just read them, the instructions, live them, and you'll witness incredible. And Joshua 3 gives another powerful picture as we're winding down how Joshua and God's people followed into the promised land. The relationship with God had reverence. Say reverence. In other words, when you are following the promise, following God, follow with Reverence. Can we say that in church today? Reverence. Reverence. It just means respect, right? Give God respect. Rodney Dangerous, Rodney Dangerous said, I get no respect, right? But, but God deserves our respect and reverence and honor. It's a big one. Sometimes we can lose the respect or reverence for God and not even know it. It's so sneaky. When God becomes too familiar and we get bored and the very important things fall by the wayside, the Bible starts collecting dust. Going to church becomes a chore. Listening to a message becomes a bore. Serving God becomes no more. Sound like Dr. Seuss. But it's true. 
But reverence will always lead you in the right direction. Remember he said this? You've never been there, this place before. You've never been this way before. Right? You've never been this way before. So just look at Joshua 3, 4 through 5. Since you've never traveled this way before, they, who's they? God and the people in your life following God by faith. Please hear this. Follow the people. If you don't follow people who follow God by faith. Don't, please hear that. Follow God, but if you have a hard time following God, follow people following God by faith. Look it. They will guide you. Stay about a half mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Joshua gives these instructions. He says, tell them to not only purify yourselves, but keep some distance between you and God. What? What's up with that? He was saying, make sure you take this moment seriously. Follow with reverence. Check your heart. Honor those who carry that responsibility. I've seen too many people lose the reverence and then lose their way. So examine your hearts, right? And there are times when that slips, right? But like just 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 like examine your heart. Like don't examine mine. Don't examine theirs. <laughs> examine yours. Right? That's so huge. That's why Jesus said, "Hey, I'm going to teach you how to pray today. Show show us how to pray, Jesus." Well, one he says, um, you know, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So if I come into your life and I start going on your property, right? If I go on your property without being welcomed on your property and start talking about you or start, start judging you or saying that, listen, start saying things about you, please, please hear me. You're trespassing. I'm trespassing, right? If I invite you on my property, come on in. But usually in the natural, if you go on someone else's property where it says no trespassing, someone's going to show up when you get on that property. True? This is so good when you go through life and say, you don't just, don't worry about other people's stuff. Don't worry about their land. They got their own stuff to deal with. Just come back in your own backyard, right? Get in your own backyard and say, God, what, what, what do you want to change in me? That's so good. Reverence is the work of the heart in the position of the heart. Reverence. How do I get my reverence back? Great question. Just back up and bow down. Back up, beep, beep, and bow down. Say something like this. God, you don't owe me anything, so I give you my whole life back. Follow with reverence. And lastly... Let me get spiritual for a moment as we finish. If you want to see your promised land, follow with reverence, but follow His presence. Follow His presence. So one thing that, that, that I love about our, our church is that we are, I would say we're a, we're a presence 
driven church in a sense, where we invite the Holy Spirit, we invite the presence of God. I'm not afraid of the Holy Spirit. I'm not afraid of lifting up my hands. I'm not afraid of, of I'm not a big dancer, but Emily dances when she's here all, all the time. I love the freedom that she has. I, I'm like, there's so much in the presence of God that we get from Him. Joy, healing, peace, safety. Um, the, but, but we, we, as a church, like we want God's presence. He inhabits the praises of his people because in his presence is, wh- is where we're, we're changed. His presence. Yeah, we wanna, we wanna give you a picture of loving God, loving people the best we can, but really, how are we gonna do that? Encounter God. Presence. We need your presence. Someone who's invisible. Following someone who's invisible. Like I said a few weeks ago, I wish Jesus would just show up in the morning, sit on my bed, and give me everything I must do that day. Right? Here, Dan, 12 o'clock, you meet this person. 1 o'clock, blah, blah, blah. 6 o'clock, you'll tell them, oh, you're sorry again. Um, but here's, here's the deal. If they left Jesus then, if Jesus showed up every day for me, I might leave him too because I just might get bored. I'd say, Jesus, you know, you've had that same beard yesterday, today, and probably forever. You look the same. Right, that's a scripture. It's kind of a joke, but um, I, would you just change? Like, like, you know what, Jesus? Man, you keep telling me to love my neighbor. Hey, you mind if I just go start listening to Furtick? Joyce Meyer? T.D. Jakes? Because they're exciting, man. That's exciting stuff, right? I, I want... I guarantee if Jesus shows up in the natural, if he becomes your good buddy, you'll probably forsake your good buddy in no time because you see him every day. That's why it's easy to follow a God you can see, but it's hard, difficult. That's why difficult is the way to follow an invisible God. And that's why we have faith. That's why you've never been this way before. It's okay if you've never been this way before. It takes faith to follow an invisible God, the presence of God. See, the ultimate blessing for God's people in this new promised land where the hand of God, the presence of God, the blessings would come from the very presence of God. And the fact is, whenever they became disconnected or distracted from the presence of God, things went downward. Do you hear that? Every time they moved away from the presence of God, it's like, have you ever felt that way? It's like, man, I haven't been in church in months. I haven't read the word, and, you know, like we know why, right? Because we haven't connected in his presence. We haven't done that. There's no condemnation here. It's like, we've all been there. But he's saying, listen, don't disconnect yourself from the presence of God. So if, G- if Joshua taught them to do that then, that Jesus teaches us to do that now in 2021 and beyond. Because the Bible says sons and daughters of God are led by the spirit of God. Let me encourage you today. You were led by the Spirit. Don't you love it? You're here today. Even if someone dragged you here, they were led by the Spirit, and you followed them. You know, listen, you're led by the Spirit. I love that. Can you pray for more people to be led by the Spirit in all churches and, and just or in families? Can we pray that, right? I want to encourage you today. You hear from God, you're being led by the Spirit. When you follow his presence, it's obvious. 
When, when, when you're in his presence, there's proof of his presence. When the presence of God is changing you or me and directing us, there's proof. There's love around, there's joy, there's healing. Like, I want this environment to have all that. Like, we believe in all, we believe in the whole Bible, right? The entire Bible from front to back. Everything. I want the presence of God to be here so that He changes our lives. And I want you to ask for God's presence. Because when His presence is invited in our lives, everything begins to change, right? When we invite the invisible God. So as we, we're gonna finish right now, what I want you to do is I just, just bow your heads for a moment because we're ending this series by you getting the vision of what you desire in your heart. Now, it could be personal. I really want it to be personal because that's what God wants. And it might be your marriage. It might be your relationship or family. I want you to see in your heart what God promises for you. Because some of you have, are having a hard time seeing. I want God to speak to you regarding the thing you've been asking for, right? So this is how we see God and hear God, is by taking a moment. God, I pray that every promise and vision would be made known right now to the mind and hearts of your people here and online that they would be encouraged and see the vision that you have for them personally their marriage or family it's really all that matters right <laughs> stuff doesn't matter so get, get the vision for a moment we invite you Holy Spirit we invite your presence in this moment lead us. When you get the vision in, in God's presence, you're going to feel peace. You're going to get kind of excited in a moment like, oh man, really God? You got that for me? You want that for my relationship? You want that for my life? Come on. You can see it. Hear that still small voice speaking to you. Some of you have been praying for just a greater measure of joy, a breakthrough moment in your life. in a 
are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. I want to see the promise. For you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is So just as we finish, lift up your hands. Come on, just sing this together. For those of you who just need a breakthrough, come on, break through to the next level. You are way maker, come on, miracle worker. Yeah, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Stand up if you want to worship him. You are way maker. Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Waymaker, you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Lord God, something they've never experienced before because you've never been that way before. It's okay. By faith, we receive it, God, today. In Jesus' name, we love you. Thank you, God. Amen. 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 Hey, we love you guys. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.